Amen. Amen. Morning, Real Life Church. Man, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Hey, turn in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13, we're going to start out there. Uh, we're going to spend quite a bit, almost renamed this message 13 because several of the chapters we're going to look at today are going to be uh, chapter 13. So uh, I was thinking about that, but I want us to start out in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be reading to start with verses 1 through 8. It says, The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon the stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them out. But other fell unto good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Without question, one of the most valuable lessons, and I may have mentioned this before, one of the most valuable lessons I learned during my time at Baptist Bible College came when Dr. James Sewell encouraged us as we read our Bibles, as we, as we opened God's Word and began to look in it, to take the time to put ourselves into the story. To imagine what it would have been like to have been there. If you take just a moment this morning, can you picture yourself in this story? Can you put this, can you put yourself in this story? Can you imagine what it would have been like to be there along the shores of Galilee and to hear the hustle and bustle of the crowd? It said there was a great multitude that came out to hear Jesus that day. And they all sat along the seashore. They think there was probably a hillside where they were all sitting, and just to hear the people hustling and bustling, trying to get a good spot so they could hear Jesus. Could you imagine seeing Jesus sitting in a boat on the edge of the shoreline with just the beautiful backdrop of the Sea of Galilee behind Him? Just a beautiful, beautiful place. But most of all, could you imagine actually hearing Jesus tell this story? What would it have been like to have heard Him share this amazing story? But this is so much more than just a story about a guy planting seeds. Like everything Jesus said and everything Jesus did, this story, this story about a man sowing seeds, was intended to be life-changing. He wanted lives changed through His Word. And would you, would you pray with me this morning? 
Lord, we thank You for the blessing of being able to come into this church this morning to be with Your people. People You love. People You care about. People You're burdened for this morning. Father, I pray that as we open Your Word this morning, You've given us Your promise that it won't return void. So we're going to ask that once again this morning, Your words, not my words, but your words are going to be life-changing. Father, don't let us leave this place the same as we came in. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A few verses later, as he always did, Jesus is with his disciples and he begins to unpack this story. Jesus shared this story in a parable, and very often his disciples would come to him and he'd say, Hey, what, what did you mean by this? We know, we know that this story is so much more than just a story about a guy planting seed. What, what were you trying to get across? What were you teaching about this? And Jesus would take these parables and he would begin to unpack them. He'd share them in a little more detail. And if we go on down to verse 18, it picks up the story there and it goes on and he shares a little bit more. He says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. He said, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, Then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy he receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, By and by he is offended. He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world, choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some 30. Now, now, usually when people read and preach about and teach about this section of Matthew 13, they get really hung up on the people. They like to focus in on the challenge of being in that 30 or 60 or 100-fold category. And they usually encourage people, you know, you need, you need to be in this group of people. You need to be a part of this group of people. And many people, when they read us, they they think that the first three groups of people that it mentions here in the story are lost. And that only the fruitful ones are saved. A lot of people will look at this and they'll say, only the people who are in the 30 or 60 or 100 fold category are saved in the story. However, In verses 20 and 22, it specifically mentions that the people in those verses received the seed. They received the seed. Now, now we understand the seed in this parable to be the gospel. So we are talking about people who have received the gospel. 
They're not lost in this story, but they have ceased to be faithful or they have become unfruitful. That's what's taken place in their life. And this morning, we're going, to learn, we're going to lean in on verse 22. I want us specifically to look this morning at verse 22. It says specifically, if we look at it, it says specifically, He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word. And the care of this world and the deceitfulness, uh, deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Okay? So, if we look at this, and we really think this through, it says, they became unfruitful. So, if they became unfruitful, it would imply that there was a time in their life that they were fruitful. You don't become unfruitful unless you were fruitful to begin with. So, so these people, there was a time in their life that they were fruitful. We're reading about Christians here who received the Gospel and they were fruitful for a time. Like, like many people, they started out well. And then the cares of the world choked their joy of the things of God. There's something that happened and they began to have issues and they struggled and they became unfruitful. We can make the case that this is where the majority of Christians in the United States live today. With very few exceptions the church as a whole has become unfruitful. We need to understand the things that we see happening here at Real Life to baptize 20 people, to hear every week about people who are being saved, that is rare. That's rare. That's not the norm. The church as a whole in the United States has become unfruitful. And the evidence of that is the spiritual condition of our country. That's the evidence that the church has become unfruitful. How, now now let, me, let me go back to this, this group of, of 30, 60, 100-fold people. How many of you would admit this morning as we read through this that the 30, 60, 100 people in this verse kind of tick us off? I mean, would you be honest? I mean, as you read that, you go, oh, yeah, 30-fold, 60-100-fold, and yeah, kind of, just, just kind of. Is it possible that the reason they bother us is because we are under conviction? As we read that and we think about these people, they bring forth a hundred-fold. Does that bother us because we're under conviction? We have to ask the question, is it possible that we have become unfruitful? Let me issue a challenge. Most of the people who stir these baptismal waters that we celebrate, that's Pastor Tim. It's not us as the church. It's Pastor Tim. 
And it's not just His job to be fruitful. It's our job as the church to be fruitful. Is it possible, real life church, that we are, not Pastor Tim, but we are unfruitful? The Bible teaches that the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance. Those are the things that, when they're on display in our lives, are going to draw people to us, and it's going to present us with the opportunity to share Christ with them. Why would we want to live our lives being unfruitful? Those are great things for us to have in our lives, and they are going to draw people to us. They're going to draw people in. It's going to give us the opportunity to share the Gospel, to share Jesus with them. Look at verse 22 again. We're going to read it one more time. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the Word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the Word, and he becometh unfruitful. Becometh unfruitful. A couple weeks ago, as I was trying to figure out what I was going to preach on, I was reading through this verse, this passage of Scripture, and I had the thought, what would happen if we removed the thorns? What would happen if we removed the thorns? The thorns are choking out the joy and the relationship and the things that are taking place for God. It's causing, it's causing us to be unfruitful. What would happen if we just got rid of the thorns? Is it possible for someone who has become unfruitful to be fruitful again? Think about that. These people in, the verse, in verse 22, it said at one time they were fruitful... And they became unfruitful because these thorns just choked out the fruit in their life. What would happen if we got rid of them? Could they be fruitful again? Now, if the answer is no, it's going to be a short morning at church because the message is over. Some of you are hoping right now. But, I believe the answer is yes and that Scripture will show us how we can be fruitful again. Turn to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 through 9. Jesus is teaching again, and he teaches this parable. He spake unto he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and he found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. If it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, Thou shalt cut it down. In this parable, the master of the vineyard came seeking fruit from one of the trees in the vineyard, and he didn't find any. The master came into the vineyard, and he's looking for some figs, and here's this tree. And man, for the third year in a row, 
there are no figs on the fig tree. And he was, he was outraged by this. And he commanded the vine dresser. He said, hey, cut it down and remove it from the vineyard. It's serving no purpose. Get rid of it. But the dresser of the vineyard interceded for the tree, making some specific requests. Can you see the parallels in this story? There's a parallel here with what we've been talking about. We are the tree. Our purpose for being in God's vineyard is to bring forth fruit. We're the tree. That's what we're here for. God is the master of the vineyard. And Jesus is there interceding for us with the master of the vineyard. So for our purposes this morning, God has an unfruitful Christian on his hands. An unfruitful Christian is out of God's will. And he's not even close to being all that he or she should be. When we are unfruitful in his vineyard, we are not even close to being all that we have the capability of being. Spiritually speaking, an unfruitful Christian has no purpose other than taking up space. That's the way the master of the vineyard looked at this tree that wasn't producing any fruit. He's just taken up space where a fruitful tree could be. He said, get rid of it. The vine dresser said, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You see, when we become unfruitful, Christ intercedes on our behalf. And through the Holy Spirit, He begins working us through the process that we just read about. First thing in the process, it said the vine dresser will dig it. The vine dresser is going to dig it. Now, the Holy Spirit is a master at digging the weeds from our lives. If we're going to try to get rid of the thorns that are choking out our joy for the things of God, then the Holy Spirit is a master at taking care of that. Now, The big issue when we're talking about weeds, when we're talking about those thistles and thorns and things that have sprung up that are choking the joy out of our life, the big issue with weeds is their roots. That's the big problem. Debbie and I spent about four hours on uh, Wednesday morning pulling weeds. We had a couple flower beds that We'd been really busy, and they'd grown up, and so we, we went out and we started pulling weeds. Now, how many of you have ever grabbed a hold of a weed, and you just get a good grip on it, and you pull, and you pull, and all of a sudden it goes, pop! And you go, yes! And you look, and there's just a little stub there, and you look down in the ground, and there's the little white top of that weed. And you look at it, and you go, I'll see you in about a week. You know, it's, it's, it's just not there. If we, don't, if we don't deal with the roots of the weed, it's going to be back. It's going to be back. Now, the weed sticking out of the ground can do some damage. You know, if a weed grows up and wraps around the plant, it can do some damage. But the real destruction, the real issue is below the surface. You see, the roots of a weed are going to take up space that a plant needs to grow. 
that plant to be healthy needs to be expanding and sending out its own root system. And when there's a weed there, it's taken up that space. That weed is going to consume the nutrients and the water that the plant needs to be healthy. And eventually, that weed is going to wrap itself around the roots of the healthy plant. And it's going to choke the life out of it. And as a Christian, for us to be fruitful again, once those, once those weeds, once those thorns have taken a hold in our lives, for us to be fruitful again, we have to address the root issues of the thorns that are making us unfruitful. For every issue that is separating us from God, there's, there's the issue that we can see, that, that plant that we can pull out and make us look good again. But as long as the roots of the issue are there, we're going to have struggles. We're going to have issues. If we look at the Christians in verse 22, it says the first thing that they had to face was that they were consumed by the cares of this world. They were consumed by the cares of this world. The NLT says they were consumed by the worries of life. How many of you all got stuff to worry about this morning? Anybody here got, you know, there's, man, some of you, I am envious. You have no worries in life at all. You should rejoice this morning. You should actually be smiling right now. It, it, man, if, if we're honest, we all have things that we are worried about this morning. There are things on our heart that are concerning us. The issue with being so focused on our worries, because we know that sometimes those worries give us red eyes in the morning because we laid awake all night worrying or we're struggling. See, the big issue with being so focused on our worries is that when, we, when we're focused on that worry, we surrender our opportunities to be fruitful. When we're so focused on something that's causing us struggle or causing us worry, we miss those opportunities. And if we come around and really sit down and look at this, the root issue of worry is that we're not trusting God with the situations that are causing us worry. It sounds kind of hard, but isn't that the truth? The root issue of worrying... We are laying awake in bed worrying all night. And the reason for that is we're not trusting God with the situations that we're worried about. That's the root issue of worry. Look in 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It says this, Casting the things you think He might be able to handle upon Him. Isn't that what we do? God, I think I might be able I might be able to trust you with this. I, I might. I might No, it says cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He doesn't want just a little bit. He wants it all. Cast all your care Upon Him, because He cares for you. Would it be easier to be fruitful if we trusted God with all the things we're worried about? Would it be easier to be fruitful? Of course it would. 
Of course it would. It sounds cliche to say this, but God really does have this. There is not a situation in our lives that God does not have control over as long as we're willing to surrender it to Him. We become unfruitful when we stop believing that He does. God has this. But we stop being fruitful when we decide that He doesn't. The second thing of a million things that can make us unfruitful is that these Christians were spending way too much time getting stuff. Now, stuff isn't necessarily bad. How many of us like stuff? Man, I, I like stuff. I mean, last, last week, I got to go to REI Co-op. Now, if you, if you like outdoors, if you like outdoors and hiking and camping and that kind of stuff... It's, it's, like, it's like setting an alcoholic loose in a liquor store. I mean, it's just incredible, the stuff they have. I like stuff. There's, there's nothing necessarily wrong or bad about stuff. But there's a point when the stuff we own begins to own us. And it makes us unfruitful. Yesterday, yesterday I saw, man, we were, we were up by Lake of the Ozarks and these, these boats are going down the road. I mean, there, there was a boat that went by us that I swear was the size of our house. And, and, I, and I thought about it. This kind of worked into my message a little bit, you know. Sometimes people live for the next bigger boat or the next bigger house or the next bigger car. And it's not necessarily an evil thing, but eventually it controls us. And it can lead us to be unfruitful. What's the day that people go to the lake in their boat? Sunday. Matter of fact, on my on my phone this morning, the KY3 weather app said, man, it's going to be a great day to be in your boat on the lake. Great lake day. And those things draw us away. When we get our focus on them, they draw us away from being fruitful. You see, the issue is, when we let our desire for more stuff become stronger than our desire for more God, we become unfruitful. That's where stuff becomes an issue. Our desire to get more stuff, our desire to have bigger and better becomes so strong that we want more stuff, more than we want more God, and we become unfruitful. You see, the root issue here, if we, if we step back and look at it, the stuff is just the weed that grows on top of the ground. The root issue is that we've become covetousness. We've become covetous, and, and we've become selfish. The reason we're unfruitful is that we have allowed ourselves to become greedy and dissatisfied with God's blessings. And it drives us. It drives a wedge between us and God. 
Look in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Just a couple verses back from where you're at. It says, Let your conversation, your manner of life, be without covetousness. And catch this, be content with such things as you have. For He hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This, this, this next statement, I honestly, I had a hard time leaving it in my notes. Because I had a hard time, and honestly, I'm still having a hard time answering it. When was the last time God was enough? When was the last time Christ was enough in our lives? When was the last time we were just content in Him? Honestly, I, 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 this morning, I got up and I was going over my message and reading my Bible. And, and I was trying to focus on just being content in Him for a few minutes. And just to my right, that little rectangular flat box thing that we all carry around in our pockets, all of a sudden the little blue light started flashing. And I'm like, I got a message! I, 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 somebody's trying to get a hold of me. There is a Facebook post that has come up on my phone. I, I need to know, yes, Gina just checked in to Cracker Barrel. Woo! I mean, how, how many times does something that simple cause us to be unfruitful? I, I had before me the Word of God. God's message to me. I was working on my message. I was praying. I was talking to God. I was hearing from God. And all of a sudden... I was willing to surrender that fruitful time for a Facebook post. Don't we do that? Don't we surrender those things so quickly? When is God enough? And and as I thought about it, it's like every issue that we have allowed to make us unfruitful. And that's a statement right there. Every issue that we have allowed to make us unfruitful. We're the ones who have chosen. We have made the choices that make us unfruitful. Every one of those issues is addressed in Scripture. The last two things we looked at, the root issues were addressed through the Word of God. They're addressed in Scripture. And if we'll take those truths and apply them in our lives, we will be on our way back to faithfulness. The second part of the process is to put a little dung on it. Anybody need explanation? Hopefully not. Okay, we're good. The vine dresser will dung it. He was going to dung it. Now, pulling weeds can be very hard on a plant. If you've got a weed next to a healthy plant and you pull that weed up by the roots, the healthy roots of the plant are at risk of being damaged. Disturbing the soil around the plant can expose the roots to disease or pests. So the condition of the soil around the plant needs to be restored as closely as possible to its original condition. 
And a wise farmer is going to fertilize the area around the plant to help nurture it back to health. So any time that something has become a part of our lives and it's removed, it can be a difficult process for us to recover from. Because these are things that have dug deeply into our lives. So any time that we're trying to recover from that, it can be be a difficult time. Because when something detrimental is removed from our lives... We need to get back as closely as possible to where we originally were. Something detrimental has been removed from our lives. It's become a part of our lives. It's something that we chose to put there. But when it's removed, it hurt. It can cause damage. Spiritually speaking, we need to get back to where we received the gospel with joy. And the only way to do that is to get back to the source of joy. We've got to get back to the source. Recently I had an opportunity to go down to Arkansas and I made a, just a solo hiking trip for about 10 or 11 miles on the Buffalo River Trail. And man, it was, it was awesome. It was beautiful. I was hiking along. and I stopped along this little creek that crossed the, crossed the uh, trail and I started to refill my water bottles and filter some water and was just enjoying how pretty it was. And I stood up and I looked like, okay, that's, that's the trail right there. So I start off following this little stream alongside of it. And I kept walking and walking and walking. And the trail kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And all of a sudden I came around just a little clump of trees and I stopped. There was no trail. I mean, there was nothing in front of me but weeds and wood. I'm like, oh my goodness. For just just a brief moment, I had that moment of panic. It's like, I am a long way from nowhere all alone. And after I regained my composure, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? It's like, I got my compass. I can bushwhack to the river. I'll be good. No, I'm not going to do that. So I I just stopped for a moment. It's like... I'm going to see if I can retrace my steps. So fortunately, I was able to start retracing my steps, and pretty soon I saw my boot prints along the mud, along the edge of the river, and eventually I got back to where I had stopped and filled water, and I looked around, and sure enough, a tree had fallen, and a little path went around, and on the other side of the tree was the trail I was supposed to be on. So pretty soon I was just on my way for the night. The principle here is, We have to make the effort to get back to the point that we got off of the right path. We have to get back to the point where we began to be unfruitful. If you're sitting here this morning, you go, you know, I know I'm not as fruitful as I should be. There was a time that I was, but I'm not now. What we have to do is get back to that point where we were fruitful. And the only path back to being fruitful is through the Word of God and the family of God. Those are the two things that are the source of our fruitfulness. We have to get back to the Word of God and the family of God. You understand that you are not here this morning to hear me speak. You are not here this morning to sing a few songs and eat some donuts. You are here to be fruitful. 
Each and every one of you as a born-again Christian has been given a spiritual gift to use in the body of Christ. Pastor Tim said something about the band. Man, I, I love the band. Not, not because I play in it, but because I get to be a part of it. I love our band. I love our setup crew that's here in the morning because it is a fruitful time. It is a fruitful time. We come together and, man, we, we bash on each other and pick on each other and how you doing and can I pray, what, what you got going on that I can pray for. We, we actually come together in the morning and we, we minister to each other. And we have a great time. There's, there is a fruitfulness to that time that cannot be replaced in my life. And it's because I invested the time to come and be a part of the family of God. And it's the same way for you guys. Man, do you know that there are times that a kind word spoken to someone else can change their lives? How many of you have been in a time, you, you came in, you came in kind of down, you struggled, and somebody came up to you and gave you a hug, a blonde, crazy blonde lady at the door that's going to give you a hug whether you like it or not, and, and make you feel welcome and love on you, and it just changes your whole perspective on everything. That's fruitfulness. That's you sharing your joy, your love for God with someone else. And that's why we're here. That's why God has brought us all together. We are to be fruitful through the Word and the family of God. The third principle for the vine dresser was this. The vine dresser will wait for a harvest. The gardener said to the master of the vineyard, Let it alone this year. Leave this tree. Don't cut it down quite yet. Give it a year. You see, digging and dunging would not produce fruit immediately. It takes time for a harvest. Man, we might want it to happen overnight, but honestly, God seldom works that way. I wish, I wish God worked instantly. Don't you wish it could be all better all at once? I mean, that would be so nice in so many cases. But God doesn't work that way. It takes time. To everything, there is a season. The master of the vineyard. What's really cool about this story is the master of the vineyard was patient to let the vine dresser work through the process. And that's where we are so blessed. We may have become unfruitful, but the master of the vineyard is patient. He's going to give us some time to work through this process and to get better. And we wonder why. Why would, why, would the vine, why would the master of the vineyard leave this unfruitful tree there for a whole year? And the answer is because the master knows the value of the fruit. The master knows the value of the fruit. How blessed are we that God is patient with us. That when we become unfruitful, when we become unlovable, when we become unbearable and a thousand other uns in our life, He graciously allows the Holy Spirit to go to work in us. Digging, pulling weeds, nurturing, healing, and growing. And how fortunate are we in that? Let me ask a question this morning. I don't want anybody to raise your hand. This is, this is you and God time. 
How many of us this morning know that we're unfruitful? How many of us know, as we sit here this morning, I am an unfruitful Christian. I know Jesus Christ is my Savior, but there is no fruit in my life. Or at the very least, I'm not as fruitful as I should be. And about now, Satan is trying to make us feel lower than worm slime. Because that's what he does. Because he knows if he can do that, we are going to be even more unfruitful. But the good news is, we know Jesus Christ is our Savior. The One who made us fruitful in the first place. If we know Jesus is our Savior, He is never going to give up on making us fruitful again. He knows the value of the fruit that you can produce. He knows the value of that fruit and He is never going to give up. He's going to do whatever it takes to make us fruitful again if we are willing to work with Him through the process. We may be completely and totally unfruitful this morning. But God wants to change all that. And He's willing to do whatever is necessary to make us fruitful again. Would you stand with me this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. What are the thorns that you need to weed out of your life? What is it that's there? You know what it is because you put it there. Just like I did. You know what it is that is making you unfruitful this morning. What is it that needs to be weeded out of your life? This morning, the master vine dresser is waiting. He's waiting on you to come to him and just say, Lord, I need a little work. I've got some things that I need out of my life. They're choking the joy. They're choking the fruitfulness that I should be experiencing. They're choking out the treasures that I should be laying up in heaven. Father, would You just go to work today. Show me me the root issues that I need to deal with to get this out of my life. Maybe this morning, the first step for you is you you need to come down front here and just, just kneel and say, God, go to work on me. Go to work on me. I need these things out of my life. And I'm not afraid just to come to you this morning and bow before you and ask you to remove them from my life. I'm not afraid to do that. I want to be fruitful again. If that's you this morning, would you come? Just just come and kneel here and just do some business with God. Just say, God, I want to be fruitful. I want to be a fruitful Christian. I want to know that joy, that peace. I want to be someone who would be, people would be drawn to me, that I could share 
that joy with them. Thank you. Lord, thank you for those who have come this morning. Thank you for this group of people who need your work in their lives, just like I do. Lord, there's not a one of us here that are as fruitful as we could be. I pray this morning that you would just help us to get those thorns, those weeds, those roots out of our life and make us fruitful again for you. In Jesus' name, amen.